It is time for us to begin our midday program here on this Monday. Scott in here with you, along with Jason Jorgensen and uh, Susan Littlefield. Bob Brogan is going to show up eventually. Clay Patton will be talking to us, too. So all kinds of things going on. And uh, we turn it to Susan Littlefield, first of all. And boy, I tell you, it's a little bit of a different world right now, isn't it? It definitely is. I spoke with another farm broadcaster in Wisconsin, and he said that they're looking at uh, a shutdown, which is making for some nervousness when it comes to dairy producers and everything else going on there. But I told them, I said, we all feel the pain right now, and it's literally one foot in front of the other is all we can do. Yeah, that's that's absolutely it. That's got to be our plan going forward. And uh, you know what? Sometimes that works pretty good, too. What do you got for us today? Home. I'm sorry, what do you got for us today, Susan? Well, this is what we're working on. We've got at 1219, we're going to talk soils as soil and healthy soils chat with Keith Burns. He's the chair of the Healthy Soils Task Force. That's coming from Chabella. Then Alex will step in at 1245 with Mindy McBride. She is a resident of Lynch, Nebraska. She shares about her community's uh, devastation and recovery efforts as remember the one-year anniversary of the historic flooding. Then I'm going to make your mouth water with a need for steak coming up. Up at 117. You got to be cooking from home. Chef Gavin, he is with Certified Angus Beef, gives us some great tips for grilling that amazing steak. All right. Very good. That's very timely. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen, and uh, sports a little different than when you left, too, I guess. Uh, so. A little bit, mm-hmm. although there's, uh, there's some stuff, stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Husker Javion McQuitty surprised many today with his name showing up in the NCAA transfer portal. The reason that's surprising is, well, we were heard earlier this year that he was done. He was going to stop due to medical reasons, oh, but right. apparently he's healthy enough to go play somewhere else. Of course, I'd forgotten he was a four-star yeah. recruit coming out of Columbia, Missouri. Played three years for the Huskers in Kata Wapping, two passes. Is that it? But he's a fourth-year junior. We'll give you the latest on that story. Also, not a big surprise. You knew this probably was coming but it's looking more and more like the Olympics this year in Tokyo will not happen. Yeah. And they may have to push that back to next year. I think they were trying to delay, hoping that things would get better. Then you have some countries jumping out there, notably Canada and Australia, saying, hey, even if you have the thing this year, we're not coming. That's what's going to happen. Is that It's going to be a small group if they tried to do it. So it's Can you imagine smart. that planning for the Olympics? Oh. An event on that scale, no, and then it it won't happen. But the economics of that are just. No, but I can't fathom that. No, no, but there you go. All right. Well, that's something to talk about anyway. <laughs> also, some of the folks in Major League Baseball have said they'll need at least a month, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, some kind of short spring training and some exhibition games to get ready. They were hoping to start middle of May. I, I don't see that happening. You know, I, I I didn't even think about that. I thought, oh, they could just fire this up. No, it's going to take a while. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. Stocks struggling today again. Wall Street falling and trading after a bill to provide emergency help to the economy is stalled in Congress. Also, in its boldest effort to protect the U.S. economy from the coronavirus, the Federal Reserve says it's going to buy as much government debt as it deems necessary. Lots of things centered around that uh, aid package and uh, the fact that it's stalled doesn't help much of anything right now. All right. All that's coming up on Midday. 
Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. COVID-19 coverage is brought to you by COZAD Community Health. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, clouds have a little trouble burning off so far here in the central part anyway. Yeah, central and east areas, uh, clouds really hanging tough. But if you're along and west of a line from about Ainsworth to Thetford, North Plymouth, and Norton, Kansas, enjoying lots of sunshine. That's where that clearing line currently is. Once again, Ainsworth, Thetford, North Plymouth, and Norton, that clearing line. But... Those clouds hang in real tough as you head into central and east areas right now. Yeah, a lot of uh, it's a very moist air right now, 100% humidity <laughs> here. So my goodness, and there isn't even any fog. I know it's just <laughs> it's just heavy right now. So what do you got for us today, Paul? Well, most of our temperatures are in the upper 30s to low 40s. A little bit warmer as you head into eastern areas of Nebraska and Kansas, where temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. Looking at that sunshine gradually taking hold for today, we are going to see those. Clearing skies from west to east. Temperatures right near seasonal to above average for this time of year. Southeast winds will be on the fairly light side with some high pressure off Illinois. Rain and thunderstorm chances do increase for tonight as we see an area of low pressure track east across northern Oklahoma. Any of the rain totals with that system expected to be on the very light side and range from maybe a trace to a quarter of an inch. Clearing skies for tomorrow and westerly downslope winds will help our highs climb into the 60s, give us our warmest day for the next seven days as we head towards tomorrow. There is a smaller chance of rain by tomorrow night with a weak disturbance that slides in from the northwest. Just ahead of a cold front on Wednesday, we will be slightly cooler but still above normal on the highs in the 60s. That front does bring us a brief chance for some mainly rain for Wednesday night and early Thursday. We are watching a strengthening area of low pressure increasing our chances for a longer-lived rain and maybe some snow mixed in with that on Friday. Temperatures late in the week, and the weekend will be seasonal to slightly above average, so any snow that we do see with that system not going to be a major event. In the long-term forecast, our Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be warmer than normal this weekend through the first five days of April, especially in those later periods in late March into early April. Central Nebraska daytime highs on average are in the upper 50s with average overnight lows in the low 30s. And some good news for field work, it's likely to be drier than normal with below normal precipitation this weekend through the 5th of next month for both Nebraska and Kansas. So temperatures 4 inches down at 7 this morning to the north of I-80 and west in Nebraska were right around 32 to 33. To the south of I-80 to northwest Kansas, the soil temperatures in the mid to upper 30s. The rest of the Kansas soil temperatures mostly in the low 40s. Key weather factors affecting market trade include mixed rain chances for the Midwest this week and continued dry conditions in southern Brazil. The next several days, below normal temperatures will dominate the northern plains while unusual warmth will become entrenched from the southern half of the plains in and the southeast. In the Midwest, the moderate to heavy precipitation this week expected to occur in the south and east areas, while other parts of the Midwest will have lighter amounts that will keep the soils very slow to dry. Drier and warmer weather this weekend in the Midwest may start to allow some field work to be done, along with the long term extending into early next month. 
The Northern Plains snow event coming up on Wednesday and Friday should be on the light side. Increasing temperatures next week across the Northern Plains could allow some equipment to start getting back in the fields. The Delta will only have a couple of dry days this week, but more drying is expected this weekend into early next week for some fieldwork progress. Southern Brazil crop areas will remain dry this week, leading to more stress of corn and soybeans now in the filling stage. Central Brazil will see more showers over the next five days, while the north should continue to see some periods of rain. All right, very good. Well, it looks like tomorrow's going to be the best day of the week for a little while. Yes, into the mid-60s, and that long-term looking pretty promising for some above-normal temperatures and some uh, dry conditions. Hopefully get some field work done as that season starts to get closer. All right, very good. Just make sure you're in the tractor by yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Where where do you go to check in on your weather, Paul? Weather tab, krvn.com. District. Soils and healthy soils are important in any state, but in Nebraska, where we rely on groundwater and agriculture, even more so. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Last year, the Nebraska legislature signed LB 243, which created a Healthy Soils Task Force with 15 members appointed by Governor Pete Ricketts. Keith Burns, chair of the task force and of Bladen, says dealing with Nebraska soils is a huge challenge. And because Nebraska is such a diverse state, there's at least six different, very distinct ecosystem regions within Nebraska. And uh, I don't know, I think they say that the there's more variability in weather conditions from western Nebraska to eastern Nebraska than there is from eastern Nebraska to the east coast. You know, so when you start looking at some of these things, the same principles apply but the practices that you would need to do to implement those soil health principles are going to be vastly different. Byrne says the team began by looking at what was already being done in Nebraska to preserve or increase healthy soils. And really, a lot of what we found is that there, there is quite a bit of stuff going on. You know, we've got some good work being done by UNL Extension, some of the NRDs across the state, the NRCS in, in different parts of the state. But what we found is a lot of times that's not communicated very well, either between the different agencies that I mentioned, or a lot of times farmers aren't aware of, hey, this program is available, or, hey, this workshop is being held. You know, it's not always communicated or collaborated between all the entities as well as it should be. Cover crops are a big topic in Nebraska, and Byrne says each area in Nebraska is handling the crops in different ways to build healthy soils. As you go east, they're trying to manage cover crops to get rid of water. As you go west, you need to manage cover crops to try to save and conserve water. And you can do both things. It's just a completely different way to manage things. So, you know, in the east, they'll plant a cover crop. They'll let it grow in the spring. They'll just let that cover crop grow and grow and grow to take get rid of moisture. And then they'll plant into it green, and then they'll kill the cover crop out. And that helps them get in the fields. In western Nebraska, it would be a complete disaster to manage your cover crops as they do in the east. Burns discusses some ways of management where cover crops can be helpful in the west. Where we see it work well in those arid areas is, number one, when you're switching over more to a forage-based system, at least for that field, for that year, for that part of the rotation, or you know, more of a short-term cover crop as part of the fallow window. You know, because when when people lay out for fallow, you know, that ground is essentially sitting there before you plant something in there again. So 
allow time for the water and the soil to recharge before you'd plant that next crop. So we'd have guys planting cover crops at the end of March, 1st of April, terminating them in early to mid-June, and then just letting the, the cover crop residue help protect the soil through the summer, and then plant wheat back into that in the fall. The task force implemented a survey earlier this year to gather information on the various soil practices in Nebraska. Byrne says there were three main questions they asked on soil health. So we're asking people, you know, what are some of the biggest barriers to them doing that? What would be some of the most effective incentives to try to get them to do that? And then I think we're also asking a question, nutrient management, how they uh, manage their nutrients, how much nitrogen do they put on, when do they put it on, because that has a direct relationship and tie to the groundwater qualities. The healthy... The Healthy Soils Task Force will be gathering their information to present at the end of the year. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Chabella Guzman. It's time for sports, so here's Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, former Husker wide receiver Javion McQuitty showed up in the NCAA transfer portal this morning. That was a bit of a surprise because earlier this spring he was going to retire from the game due to medical issues. One time, four-star recruit never found his groove with the Huskers as he catches two passes during his playing days. He entered this year as a fourth-year junior. No surprise here, but the Tokyo Olympics are probably going to happen, but almost surely in 2021 rather than in four months as originally planned. That seems clear after the IOC said it was considering a postponement. Major Olympic nations like Canada and Australia are already adding pressure by making it clear they will not be there if the games are staged later on this summer. Former Husker Dallas Cowboy defenseman Randy Gregory is filing for reinstatement into the NFL after being suspended indefinitely in 2019. That's according to ESPN. Gregory, if you remember, was suspended all of last year due to a reoccurring issue with the NFL's substance abuse policy. He was suspended four times prior to failing or for missing tests. The NFL must reach a decision on Gregory in the next 60 days per league policy. And former Husker offensive lineman Brett Qualley is on the move again. According to media outlets in the Houston area, he signed a one-year deal with the Texans. Qualley has been a valuable reserve lineman for the New York Jets the last five years, appearing in 63 games. He was an undrafted free agent coming out of Nebraska in 2014, but eventually made his mark with the Jets after getting a tryout. NUNK's Carrie Amy is one of four finalists for the NCAA Division II World Exposure Women's College Basketball Head Coach of the Year Award. The finalists were announced last week. The winner will be revealed this Wednesday. Amy and her coaching staff guided a very young Loper squad to a 26-6 record this past year. UNK's start of the year picked sixth in the preseason coaches and media polls, but ended up finishing third with a win total that tied for the second most in program history. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgens. As the state of Nebraska's education system keeps students out of schools, the University of Nebraska at Kearney almost completely transitioned to remote learning as of last week. Student body president Max Beal has heard the frustration from students on campus. I think maybe there was a little bit of frustration to begin with. I think that people have realized that the university really is just in a tough place and they're really trying to do the best that they can. And so I think as more 
facts and information becomes available, it becomes apparent that the university is taking steps to be in the best interest of the students. UNK has offered tuition reimbursements up to 60% of remaining room and board, and UNK estimates those payments to be between $1,000 and $1,400. The UNK Wellness Center and other student services will close for the scheduled spring break upcoming this week and will reevaluate opening at a later time. Health officials have confirmed 11 new cases of coronavirus in Nebraska to give the state a total of 50 cases. Douglas County health officials reported nine new cases over the weekend. Six of the cases are related to travel, and three of the cases had contact with a previous positive case in the area. Health officials in Lancaster and Buffalo counties also announced the second cases in both those counties. Both of these new cases are family members of the first case in each county. For most people, the coronavirus causes only mild or moderate symptoms, such as fever and cough, for some, it can cause more severe illness, including pneumonia. The Kearney Area Chamber of Commerce, in partnership with the Kearney Area Community Foundation, has set up a Kearney Area Employee Emergency Relief Fund to help those in the community suffering loss and hardship from the COVID-19 outbreak. Derek Rusher, president and CEO of the Kearney Area Chamber, on what action he would like to see. This is not a you know sustainable fund at this point in time. We did have an anonymous donation step up and put forth $100,000. Um, and then we've had a couple of the smaller donations, so we do have um, a good start. Russia says the need is great, as many people in Kearney and the surrounding area haven't received a paycheck for the last week. Russia lays out his goal. You know, I was just thinking if we could find a way to triple it. I think there's about 55,000 people in Buffalo County alone. And if we found 3,000 people to donate $100, uh, we're there. And actually, we need 2999 because I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I donated yes. Donations can be made via PayPal at carneycoc.org slash COVID-19 or checks made payable to Care Fund in Care of Kearney Area Community Foundation. Another way is to go to the Kearney Area Community Foundation website and click on the button to donate to the Disaster Relief Fund. For more news anytime, go to krvn.com. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. It's been about a year since we had historic flooding in Nebraska, and I'm joined on the phone by Mindy McBride. She's a resident of Lynch, Nebraska played a huge role and we're about to learn all about what's happened in the last year and what's to come next so mindy thanks so much for joining us thank you well let's revisit a year ago we'll start there kind of tell us about the devastation that you were facing a year ago so on march 13th the punka creek that runs through our town began um, becoming overrun with runoff and snow melt and ice coming up out of the creek and at about noon that day it seemed pretty evident that we were going to have some pretty big issues and at about 1:30 in the morning um, on the 14th we were continuing to rescue people from their homes um, the fire department did water rescues and evacuated approximately 60 homes which is about half of the homes in our community that was just in, in a few days that happened after that where did you start that recovery process so that um, that night people just kind of banded together and found places to kind of poke away at. Um, and the next day is when the sensor dam broke early that morning. So our fire 
men had basically had no sleep. Um, and then we had another whole part of our district that was in danger. And so we worked all day to try and put out that. It wasn't really a fire, but it felt like we were just trying to control the bleeding at that point. Um, and a bunch of community members just sort of banded together and just did whatever needed to be done. So even that night, we started sheltering people at the community hall. People started emptying their freezers and providing food for the community. And um, we learned on the 14th that our water would also be gone because it had been broken when the dam collapsed at the Spencer Dam on the Niagara River. And so from that day forward, from March 14th until March 24th, we actually had no water running through our pipes in the village of Lynch. And so um, many, many efforts were given to sort of try and keep people healthy. Our fire department went door to door with cases of water, um, doing welfare checks on, um, we have a lot of elderly people in our community, making sure people had their medications. We had so many that had been displaced from their houses that didn't get things that they needed. And so uh, a lot of time was spent helping those people um, either get medications, new ones from pharmacies that were no longer reachable because of the bridges that were out. So it was a <clears throat> huge undertaking by a lot of different people. The community hall then began filling up with donations from the most generous people around South Dakota and Nebraska um, who just really showed up for us in our time of need. I don't think that anybody went without much because of the gracious hearts of people around us. Um, and so it was a while, like, not having water. Um, we had to get porta potties in and hand washing stations and showers and laundry facilities in, set up in a neighboring town so that that could be used. So it was just like a constant um, sort of what was going to happen next or what would we need next. So at that point, people were, weren't really even considering what we were going to have to do with our houses. And this was all happening, I mean, in the weeks after this happened. What happened throughout that summer then? So since that time, uh, many, many good things have happened um, and many, many painful things have happened. Uh, many people were not able to get back into their houses. A few people have been able to. Uh, we had the Northern Heights Baptist Church in Norfolk came through in a big, big way for us. Um, they have sort of led our recovery process as far as the houses have went. They probably ended up doing about 70 houses worth of work between Lynch and Bristow, um, mudding out and getting, getting the houses ready to dry out so that if something could be done with the houses that they weren't full of mold and that sort of thing. So that really allowed homeowners a big jump on the cost of what needed to be done because that work was all done for free. Since that time, not only did they come and mud it out, but they've also been very involved in the recovery. So they've come and hang, hung sheetrock. They have written grants for us for people to get appliances back in their houses. They have really stuck with us um, and really have done a huge amount for our town. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next is, you know, what could you do during these winter months? Was there anything that you could do? Because obviously there was still rebuilding to be done. Yes, there was. And so um, I would say about um, 
somewhere in the neighborhood of 90% of people um, were, were settled before the 1st of December. They were um, kind of where they wherever they were going to make their home. Some people went back to their homes and were able, um, the majority were able to get back before um, December. Uh, we actually got back in our house November 23rd. So that was, um, we were grateful because we were able to get back in before the holidays. And so that was really good for us personally. Um, and we probably still have about 5% of our residents who are waiting um, for work to be done in their house to get back in. So a lot of people have commented about how hard it is to get settled again because you don't have the same kitchen you did and so you don't know where anything goes and you don't have the same closets and you don't have the same furniture that you did. And and so there's a lot of, um, when you just think about the physical aspects, there's also a lot of mental aspects that people are facing as they're even moving back home. It's a different home. But again, Mindy McBride, she is a resident of Lynch, Nebraska. As we've been discussing the devastation that they faced exactly a year ago, when historic flooding hit the state. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Alex Wojcicki. Bureau. Time for our business report. Here is Bob Brogan. With the business report, I'm Bob Brogan. Wall Street is falling in early trading after a bill to provide emergency help to the economy stalled in Congress. U.S. stock futures and European markets got a temporary boost after the Federal Reserve early Monday announced its most aggressive action yet to protect the economy from the extensive damage being caused by the coronavirus. But the gains quickly dissipated. Bond prices rose, sending yields lower. Asian markets ended broadly lower, except in Japan. In its boldest effort to protect the U.S. economy from the coronavirus, The Federal Reserve says it will buy as much government debt as it deems necessary and will also begin lending to small and large businesses and local governments to help them weather the crisis. The Fed's announcement removes any dollar limits from its plans to support the flow of credit through an economy that has been ravaged by the viral outbreak. The German government has approved another large aid package to help companies and individuals affected by the coronavirus pandemic. The aid package breaks six years of balanced budgets by borrowing $167 billion to finance it. Australia's parliament has passed $48.4 billion in economic stimulus measures to dampen the impact of the coronavirus. A scaled-down parliament passed the legislation in a single day today. Dozens of lawmakers have been excused from attending to reduce the chances of spreading COVID-19. Pacific Gas and Electric has agreed to plead guilty to 84 counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the 2018 Northern California wildfire that killed 84 people and decimated three towns. The utility says in a statement it will also admit to a single count of unlawfully starting a fire. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information, visit krvn.com.